Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Big Tuesday edition of the program coming up. It is game day for the Indiana Hoosiers, and this a big one, I think, for so many different reasons. Uh, Coming up tonight at Northwestern, a quality ball club who's playing good basketball as of late. And remember the days when it used to be a win, an automatic win almost for IU and most teams on the road at Northwestern? That is just simply not the case, especially this season. Let's look at the last four games. I saw Jared Morris of Assembly Call tweet this out earlier this morning. The last four games at Northwestern for Indiana, a loss 72-65, a loss 68-55, a loss 73-67, and a win 79-76 in double overtime. So, again, just to kind of let you know on game day – uh, it's hard place to win, uh, not the Northwestern of old, but a big, important game for IU to bounce back. After a couple games of not playing well at home, they have won two straight on the road, and Indiana, who has always this season bounced back after a loss, they need to do just that tonight at Northwestern uh, in this big Big Ten contest for the Hoosiers on the road. The game begins at 9 o'clock tonight, pregame coverage at 8 o'clock, and yes, we'll have Don Fisher's pregame show beginning at 8 o'clock tonight here on the Big X, I'm told. So a big night of basketball ahead. Really, it's just been a huge week of basketball with the girls' sectionals underway. Uh, Championship games tonight in many of our area sectionals. Regionals in the girls' round coming up on Saturday. And all sorts of boys' basketball. There are boys' games basically every night this week. Uh, as they get later and later into their regular season. Also, uh, right at the start of the show, need to mention that IU football with a hire, according to Matt Weaver of Pigs.com, Craig Johnson has been hired as the associate head coach slash running backs coach at Indiana. Uh, Johnson will replace Dylan McCullough, who left last week to join the staff at Notre Dame. And a quick look at Johnson's resume, and we'll talk more about his addition to the football program later in the show. Last year or the 2020 season, he was in the Big Ten Conference as a senior analyst at Maryland. So that doesn't strike you as a big position or a big hire. But prior to that, this is an NFL guy. He was on the staffs of the Titans from 2000 to 2010, the Vikings from 2011 to 2013, the Giants most recently in the NFL from 2014 to 2019. Uh, This guy has all sorts of professional experience. So Getting pretty good remarks here early uh, as the news broke yesterday afternoon after our show uh, that Craig Johnson going to, we think, fill out the final remaining movement this offseason for IU football. So we'll break that down as well. Lots of movement this offseason 
with the IU coaching staff, which will be uh, some question marks heading into next season. Uh, so we'll cu- we'll catch up on that a little bit later in the program today. Let's take a look at the show lineup. It's a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one coming up here in just moments. Greg Mingeld, he's of HoosierHillsHoops.com, is going to join me to talk basketball. And I really don't even know where to start today with Greg. We've got girls' sectionals, uh, championship games tonight. We've got boys' basketball games, some big ones coming up this week, including later in the week and uh, all sorts of things going on as we track everything across the region uh, with basketball, including former players uh, having success at the Division I level. Uh, just a lot of things going on right now, so we'll catch up on that here in a few moments. Later in the show, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier will join the program and get us ready for the Northwestern game tonight. We'll take a look at Miller Cop's return uh, to Northwestern, his return to Chicago coming up a little bit later this evening, and Mike Pegram of Pigs.com will be with us in the final segment. With Mike, we'll talk about Craig Johnson, this new addition, final addition, we think, to Tom Allen's football coaching staff for next season. And C.J. Gunn up at Lawrence North had a big 27-point performance that we'll ask Mike about. We'll get into some recruiting stuff with him when he joins a little bit later in the hour. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Let me welcome in Greg Mingelt to the program. And before I do that, the Thornton's text line, you can send in your questions and comments. It's game day, so I expect to hear from some of the IU faithful 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. And don't forget, you can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. Send in uh, comments on local stuff as well. We've got girls sectionals tonight. We've got great boys games this week. Floyd Central really surging on the boys' side. And we'll cover those things coming up right now with Greg. Greg, a basketball crazy week here in southern Indiana. Yeah, you have me quite busy uh, covering all kinds of things out there, boys, girls, college, little Romeo. It's been a lot of fun, and I think the we get a lot of information on the website. You have been uh, out and about at the Jeffersonville, the 4A girls sectional, which everything off kilter there because of weather last week. A lot of the semifinals at area sectionals taking place last night, championship games set for tonight. Uh, Silver Creek Cordon, that's the big one to me. And for a no local team, it's Bedford, North Lawrence, and Jennings County. But the big one to me is Silver Creek and Cordon. That's what stands out tonight. If you're looking for a good girls final to go to, I think that's got a chance to be a really good game. Yeah, if you're looking for a, a team that's going to make a long run in this postseason, you, whoever wins that game is um, is going to be that team. I think uh, you know Silver Creek's struggled a little lately. Uh, they. Uh, we're real close with Scottsburg in the first half before pulling away in the first round. Then they only beat Madison by four points in the second round. So, you know, they beat Corden by 29 in the regular season, but you have to think it's going to be a lot closer this time on a neutral court. Corden, of course, has Ava Web- Weber, who's been probably um, one of the two top players, along with uh, um, Kennedy at um, at Silver Creek. So, um, you know, it's uh, the, probably the best two players and the best two teams around. So, that is definitely the spotlight. And at Jeff, I think the results have been exactly what we expected going in, but the, it's been a kind of an interesting tournament in that Bedford struggled against Jeff and then just absolutely pummeled Floyd Central, who came in playing really well. So we're guessing Bedford will win that, but Jennings is awfully good, and both teams have almost no seniors. So 
those two teams are going to be next year as well, the top teams around. I want to mention uh, Silver Creek again. As we've surveyed local girls' hoops this season, I've consistently said if there's a local team, Clark and Floyd County, that can make a run deep into the girls' tournament, I think it's Scott Shane and his uh, Lady Dragons team. However, um, I think that's still the case, and you mentioned Cordon or Silver Creek could could make a run. Silver Creek has been challenged over the past few days, though, out at North Harrison in this sectional, and I expect another challenge for them tonight, another close competitive game. They're not going to waltz to anything, and they haven't so far in postseason play. Yeah, well, the first thing is there were no bad teams in that sectional. Every single team that you drew, I think everybody had a winning record, or I think Madison might have been 500. Um, everyone else had a winning record in that sectional. So that's part of it. Also, um, I, you know, I expect them to – they have championship experience, and I expect them to show that tonight. Um, whether they win or lose, I expect to, to see the best out of them. Um, Scott Shane's a good coach. They've got a lot of a lot of players left from last year. Now they lost a lot, but they also have a lot left. And there's no doubt that whoever wins that is uh, probably the regional favorite even, um, and maybe semi-state, but uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves too much there. All right, uh, let's flip to boys' basketball. And before we can talk about games this week, uh, we've got to talk about a big game on Saturday. You know, Saturday was supposed to be the big finale for the girls where they get the Saturday night spotlight in the sectional championship games. Weather kind of threw things off at a lot of the local sectionals, but stealing the spotlight on Saturday was the Highlanders of Floyd Central. Uh, They were outstanding with a win at home, a late addition to their schedule. Indianapolis Cathedral coming down to Floyd's Knobs. A texter on the text line uh, just wrote in, great win for FC over Cathedral. Cathedral has the talent to win state, but you never know what Cathedral team will show up. Seems they rarely play hard. Saw them against New Albany, and they just blew past New Albany. Uh, They do have tons of talent. This is a huge win for Todd Sturgeon's group. Yeah, they were preseason number one. I think the preseason favorite to win it all. They have five Division I athletes in their starting lineup. That's the kind of team that they have. Um, you know, we all year we've been saying Floyd Central, uh, since Jeff kind of struggled early, Floyd Central has been the best team in our area. But now you have to start to wonder, are they one of the few handful of teams that can win a state championship? I talked to Brandon Hoffman, who uh, Silver Creek's coach, who they play tomorrow, and he said uh, they're definitely one of a handful of teams that could win a state championship, five yeah. to eight teams that have a chance. There really is no favorite this year. Um, you know, we have, uh, I think, 12 of the top 20 are from Indianapolis, so those teams are going to beat each other up. Whoever comes out of there is going to be good. But, man, there are only a handful of teams that looks like can win it, and Floyd Central is definitely one of them. Yeah, they have had a great year and will be the front runner going into Seymour. I still think Seymour is going to be fun. I talked about this some yesterday, that sectional, but Floyd Central, uh, they've taken care of business in the conference. They've taken care of business with local rivals. And then they took care of business against the state power this year in 4A Hoops Indianapolis Cathedral. They've done everything. They've checked all the boxes they need to at this point. I think the big question is Jeffersonville at this point. You know, they're 4-8. and eight. They've won their last two games. Uh, but, man, it's just been so hard for them to get anything going with the schedule, with the injuries, the COVID, the coach being sick. Uh, but there's no doubt they're at least on the same level talent-wise as Floyd Central. So, uh, I think that's the only question, although I will say this, Seymour and Jennings County are both capable of beating good teams, and New Albany. Um, I, I think New Albany's definitely the third best, um, but um, I think, again, we talked about that. There are five teams there, and Bedford's not bad. 
five teams there that are really good teams at Seymour. And I don't think since I've lived here 20 years, that's ever been the case. Yeah. And this week coming up is outstanding uh, as well. We've had games every night. Part of it's because of weather. Part of it, I'm sure there's some things that have been moved around for COVID. It's really hard to keep up with all the changes this year. And the last week and week and a half has just been crazy with all the movement on schedules. Uh, but some big games coming up. Wednesday night is a great game to see as far as rivals. That's the Silver Creek and Floyd Central doing battle. In fact, we'll have that game here on the Big X. I don't know what to expect because we know we're going to get Brandon Northern for Silver Creek, and we know how good this Floyd Central team is. The question mark is, does the newbie play for Silver Creek, Caden Oliver, and if he does play, is he meshed in enough yet with the practices that he's had and no game action just yet uh, to make a big difference? Because he's someone in that level of game that can score and be very productive, I think. Yeah, it seems doubtful that he's going to play tomorrow because as of yesterday, he had not been cleared by the IHSAA yet. Um, Brand, uh, Coach Hoffman said as soon as soon um, as soon as he is eligible, he will play. So um, if that happens today or tomorrow, he, he'll be eligible to play. Again, we're talking about a 20-point-per-game score on a team that's kind of struggled to score besides Brandon Northern. So that could be huge. That could, you know, when you get to March, uh, you know, North Harrison's going to be the favorite in that sectional, and Corridon's playing really well. But I certainly wanna, wouldn't want to uh, draw Silver Creek if, uh, if everything starts going in their way. Uh, the, I think we kind of all expect eventually they're going to be at least right there with North Harrison and Corridon. Yeah. Other boys' storylines, I do want to mention – uh, that North Harrison won the Mid-Southern Conference. That's now official. Floyd Central last week clinched at least a share, and I think they've only got Columbus East yet. They're going to be the outright champion. I feel no, very com- confident in saying that uh, when the season is all said and done. But North Harrison, the Mid-Southern, Floyd Central, the Hoosier Hills, two big accomplishments for teams here in the month of February. Yeah, and Borden won the SAC as well. So. Uh, of course, Brownstown, if they win at Eastern, which, by the way, is not easy. Eastern is 14-2. and two. Uh, They'll claim a share there with North Harrison. But, uh, yeah, big year for North Harrison. They're, uh, like I said, I don't think any question the favorite in 3A. And uh, there's no reason that you can't see a path that Silver Creek took last year for North Harrison going forward. So that's, a, that's an elite team. Um, I think they're being overlooked by the rankings and probably by a lot of the experts. But – that's a really good team, and everybody knows around here that Lou Lefebvre sure can coach. Yeah, absolutely, and it's good to see him back in the area. I hope he gives a run there at North Harrison for a number of years into the future. That guy, as you said, he can he can coach some basketball, man. I've seen a lot over the years, and he's one of the best that I, I can remember. His details and the things that he focuses on, just unbelievable, really. Whatever the talent level, he's uh, he's been able to win with it. As, yeah. When he has elite talent like this year, watch out. Yeah, no question. All right, uh, other – Things to watch this week. It's such a busy week. There are even some Tuesday night games as well that are worth paying attention to. Uh, we're just in a good time, man. We've got a lot of rivalry games coming up still. A lot of games from earlier in January, like New Albany and Jeff, that were postponed are still ahead. Between now and the sectionals, we're going to be treated to some really good basketball. Yeah, absolutely. There are some actually some other rivalry games this week. We've got New Albany and Silver Creek and New Albany and Providence. we got uh, Jeff and Bedford, Jeff and Jennings. So lots of conference games, lots of really good rivalry games. Um, tonight, Scottsburg goes to Bloomington South to get to test them. I forgot to mention them in the 3A field. They're really good, too. Um, nine and six, but uh, have played a really tough schedule. This will be their fourth game against a 4A team. So, uh, yeah, lots of really good games out there this week. And um, 
you know, uh, a really exciting time. Like I said last week, when it snows and the games get canceled, it's, it's it's kind of a bummer. But what happens is the next week they put games on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursdays. And we even had some Monday games this week. So as a basketball fan, you know, the people who go and just watch the best game every night, they have to be loving this. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a crazy finish between now and sectionals. And, Greg, we're weeks away from knowing the pairings for the boys. I mean, it's going to be here before you know it. Yeah, um, exciting times. And, uh, you know, it's it's been a really good season, Matt, um, for the boys. You know, Floyd's kind of been the best, and North Harrison's been right there. But there have been a lot of interesting storylines, a lot of good players. You know, what's happening at Jeff has just been unlike anything I've ever seen before, a team with that kind of expectations that have just had wrenches thrown at them nonstop. Um, so, yeah, it's – it's you know, we don't have the – I don't think the uh, um, – the state championship teams maybe like we've had in the past, Borden, Silver Creek, New Albany, uh, other than uh, Floyd and North Harrison. But, man, we we got a lot of really good teams. It, almost every team in this area has been pretty good this year uh, to a certain level. Yeah, absolutely. Greg Mingelt, HoosierHillsHoops.com. He's got girls' sectional championship previews up, a list of uh, all the rundown of even Tuesday's games and, of course, a big week ahead here in the area. Um, I don't want to put you on the spot, but uh, thinking ahead to the sectionals, which will be here the first week of March, we know Floyd Central. I think we both have identified and uh, agree with them in 4A, but anyone else stand out? You don't have to give a pick in every class, but others that you think right now here in early February are uh, maybe the favorites that you would be confident projecting out? Sure. I think in, in 2A, Providence and Eastern, uh, look like they're pretty even, and so that's going to be a really good sectional, um, I, I think. Um, and then, of course, Class A, uh, that sectional is so wide open, it's crazy. Rock Creek looks like the favorite, uh, but I think every team in that sectional has a chance to win that. Um, the, I think the ones that can advance, like we said, are whoever advances from 4A, Floyd, Jeff, New Albany, uh, we'll have a chance in that regional. And then I think the 3A champion, whether it's North Harrison, Corden, Scottsburg, or Silver Creek, um, they're all really good, too. Uh, Silver Creek, we're not sure yet, is good. Um, but history says that by March, they will be. Yeah, absolutely. Greg Mingelt, HoosierHillsHoops.com. I mean, all sorts of content. It's enough to uh, get, be your daily fix for sure. You can read his work at HoosierHillsHoops.com. You can follow Greg at Greg underscore Mingelt on Twitter. And, uh, Greg, will, will you be anywhere tonight? I'm not even sure. Are you covering a game tonight? Uh, we're not sure yet. Um, might be over at Jeff. Gotcha. All right. Sounds good. Greg Mingelt with us uh, Tuesdays to talk uh, basketball in the area. We didn't even get to Romeo. We didn't even get to college players locally that are having big years and have a, maybe their hope set on the NCAA tournament. But uh, plenty that Greg is covering, and you can read it all there. Greg, thanks for your work. Thanks for being with us here today. Thanks, Matt. All right, we'll head to a commercial break. The Thorntons text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. And we'll be back with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. We'll get you ready for this IU Northwestern game tonight. A 9 o'clock tip-off. Don Fisher on the airwaves here on the Big X at 8 p.m. with the uh, pregame show tonight. Going to be a fun one. Miller Cop back at his former school, IU. Needs a win on the road, and uh, to keep things moving in the right direction, this would be a good start to a very fu- tough four-game streak coming up that begins tonight. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on game day for the Hoosiers at Northwestern tonight at 9 o'clock. And Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier is my normal guest on uh, Tuesdays to talk uh, IU basketball this time of year. And Mike is with us on the phone right now. Mike, a lot of interesting storylines tonight in this ball game that we can talk about here in coming uh, moments. But probably none more interesting to me than this IU team. Every time they've, they've lost, every time they've had a flub up, They've always been able to bounce back the next game with a victory, and we'll see if that's the case tonight at a solid, solid Northwestern team. Yeah, I'd have to go back and check the uh, the schedule and see if any of those response wins that they've had have come in games where they were under a dog because that's exactly what they are tonight. It's only one point, you know, probably some lines saying it's even or even Indiana's slight favor, but uh, it's it's definitely a very – close tight game that indiana is gonna have to to earn um it, just looking at it on paper it reminds me a lot of the, the the matchup last year in evanston that ended up being a a double overtime game that indiana was able to pull out most of the same players especially for North, northwestern will will be in this game tonight so nothing nothing's easy about this game on paper yeah absolutely and you know it's easy to get on here mike and it's easy for you to write this kind of stuff that this is such an important game for iu to bounce back and this is a must-win game and this is this that and the other but i really do feel that with what's ahead over the next two weeks a four-game stretch some at home some on the road that are very tough games very tough matchups for iu i do feel this is an important one for iu to get uh, because uh, Indiana has such a tough road ahead of them, and they're right there in the mix of things. If they can keep some wins coming, even on the road, this team's going to go to the NCAA tournament in Mike Woodson's first year. Yeah, it's a great point about the next four games specifically, because those are all, you know, everybody knows that the NCAA tournament committee is using the, the net right now to make its determination on who gets in. And if you're familiar with the net, you know that they break wins down into quadrants these next four games are all quad one games you know they could ultimately change if north northwestern drops off a little bit but right now a win at northwestern is a quad one win and then the three games following would be quad one win so all all four of these are critical i mean you, you can't call it a must win because you could lose tonight and then pull off an upset at, at michigan state or at ohio state or, or beat Wisconsin. So you, you can't necessarily call it a must win, but just looking at it on paper, you know, I, I would say Indiana has a chance to win all four of these games. I'm certainly not predicting that. I think a split would be a, a really good scenario because they, you know, that would be two quad one wins on the resume and they already got a couple. So, so something like that, you know, I, I'd say in these next four, there, there are must wins, but, but certainly not tonight you know, specifically. Mike, uh, Indiana had a poor, poor offensive second half against Illinois at home on Saturday. I'm really, really curious to see if Indiana can can stifle that and get things going again uh, against Northwestern tonight. I think we'll find out right out of the gate this team either gets off to good starts or sometimes very slow starts 
and uh, we'll find out a lot from that, I think, tonight. Yeah, Illinois was such a unique matchup for Indiana, and it has been for the last couple of years, because they can do something that, that just about nobody else can, and that is guard Trace Jackson Davis one-on-one and not really have to worry too much about double-teaming. So they, you know, they have Kofi down on the post, pretty much shutting him down, and then they've got you know honest, true coverage that they're not you know, leaving out on the perimeter. So that allows Illinois to be really effective against Indiana. And I don't think you're going to see anything like that tonight. I think Northwestern is going to double and trap and dig heavily into the post, try to get it out of Trace's hands. If you look at Northwestern's resume, they're a team that defends the the two really well. They're going to try to contest everything that that Trace and Race put up, but they're going to leave themselves exposed out to the three-point line if they can, you know, get good, passes back out to the perimeter to shoot her. So it could be a chance for, for a Miller cop to, to go back to, to Northwestern and have a big game or a Parker Stewart, Xavier Johnson. That if, if Indiana is to win tonight, I expect they're going to have to have a good night shooting from three to do it. Mike, I don't want to take the attention off of the IU Northwestern game tonight, but with the talk of Illinois, they take on Purdue tonight. The winner takes over first place of the Big Ten Conference. I think the games are at the same time, so uh, I'll keep IU on for focus, but uh, I'm going to be flipping around. That that could be an outstanding Big Ten matchup to watch as well tonight. Yeah, no doubt about it. I'm pretty sure that they went to double overtime themselves a, a couple of weeks ago. Um, just a, a great matchup in so many respects. Just you know, if you like traditional big men, just watching Kofi and, and Zach Eady go at it is is about as old school as it gets in terms of big centers. Um, so that that's fun. And then you know they've just got a bunch of exciting guards that that, that you can watch in those matchups as well. They 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 feel like the two best teams in the league right now. Um, and so Illinois needs to to go in there and get that one to to stay on top, obviously. All right, Mike. I want to talk a little bit about IU's opponent tonight, Northwestern. They're just. Uh, four and uh, eight in the Big Ten Conference, but they've won their last two games, kind of surging here as of late. Their best player, I think you would say, is Pete Nance. He was a top 100 recruit coming out of high school, but he's the big 6'10 forward that uh, Northwestern will look to key them tonight. Yeah, he he's really good from three this year. He's, he's up in the 40% range for, from three, so he's really going to test Indiana's ability to – to you know, get out there and guard him, and I suspect they're going to run a lot of five out stuff because they they have a center in Ryan Young, but he comes off the bench. So their their starting five are, can all go out to the perimeter. It's been a weakness of Indiana in terms of guarding that, you know, five out on the perimeter. You know, especially without Rob Fennessy, that that's a concerning factor because that was kind of Indiana's, you know, answer to that sort of approach. So I suspect you're going to see a lot of you know. You know, just well-spaced offense, a lot of one-on-one dribble drive attacks from Boo Booey where he tries to either get to the rim or, you know, get kickouts to Nance and the other shooters out there. So, yeah, Nance is going to be a real problem. He's going to pull Trace out of the paint, too, which is going to mitigate his shot-blocking ability. So, you know, when they have that, that starting five out there that they normally have, I think it's going to pose a major challenge for IU. Talking with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier previewing tonight's IU Northwestern game. Trace Jackson Davis tonight, uh, he struggled a bit uh, for the first time really this season in his matchup with Kofi Coburn. I think he finished with six points on Saturday. I'm not sure that that's a big concern. I think we all think Trace will be back to his normal self tonight 
without Kofi as a matchup for him down low. But I am curious to see how Trace responds. Yeah, I mean, he, he's. I'm sure he's no doubt feeling uh, pretty down after that performance for a lot of reasons. I, I'm guessing he said some things before that Illinois game that, he, that he'd like to take back, talking about you know, how, what he was going to do against Kofi. Um, I, I think that may be why some stuff ended up on the, the Illinois locker room whiteboard after the game where I don't know if people saw that, but Illinois left a message in the IU visitors locker room, you know, basically saying, you know, goodbye trace or, or something like that. So I, I think he got their attention. I think he's, you know, he's struggled throughout his career against Coburn. I, I think the last three games, he's 12 of 40 from the field against Coburn, which is like, 20 percentage points below where he normally is for his career. So he, he's going to come into this game with something to prove. But like I said earlier, I, I think Northwestern is going to try to take him out of the game. So he's going to have to be of the right mind of, you know, just anticipating and having his head up and seeing where the help and the, the traps are coming from and being a very willing passer. Cause I, I really think that's what, what's going to hinge on this game tonight. All right, uh, Mike, let's, we, we've talked some about Pete Nance, other players, other matchups maybe uh, that you're going to be paying attention to tonight when the Hoosiers and Wildcats tip off. Well, I mean, Indiana fans probably don't need to be reminded of the name Chase Audige. That, that's a guy that absolutely torched IU in the, in the second half of the game in Bloomington last year that Northwestern was able to come down and get a win. I think he led Northwestern in both games. Uh, last year when, when they played IU. So so he's a real threat, tough cover, um, you know, especially with Indiana starting five. He, he's a guy that's really good off off the bounce, going to be hard for Parker Stewart to stay in front of him. So that that one will will be interesting to watch. The Boo Booey-Xavier Johnson matchup is just going to be entertaining, much like Frazier and Xavier Johnson on Saturday. Just, you know, two quick, you know, very – uh, skilled point guards going going head to head. That's always fun to watch. And you know, I, I think you know Northwestern's got another at the four. Robbie Barron's another guy that can can go out to the perimeter. He's going to pull Race Thompson out, out to the perimeter. So um, I, I think Indiana's just going to be tested in terms of you know can they can they guard one on one? Can they get out to the three point line and cover? And is how is their rim protection going to be with all that going on out of the perimeter? That, that's what I'm going to be watching closely. All right, uh, big stretch coming up for IU. We talked about a big four games at Northwestern and at Michigan State this week, and then next week Wisconsin at home and at Ohio State. That is quite a uh, run through the Big Ten Conference here over these next two weeks. You know, if you're picking the easiest game for IU to get out of those four do you agree? I think it's Northwestern, even though they've been playing better on the road. I know Michigan State has had some problems as of late, but of the four, I think this is – I don't. I hate to call it the easiest one, Mike, but in my opinion, it might be. Yeah, I mean, we're probably all biased by our traditional view of how we think about Northwestern, so I have no doubt that that influences me agreeing with you on that. But, but I, I would also say I don't view any of these games as – easy and I don't view any of these games as games that Indiana cannot win. I, I think, you know, they've already proven that they can run with Ohio State, although that was obviously, you know, Ohio State was coming off of a pretty long COVID break. I think Ryan Young wasn't kind of back up to speed uh, in that game. So, 
that one will probably be a little different and also on the road, obviously. Wisconsin, you know, pick a half in that game. Indiana dominated the first half against Wisconsin up there a couple months ago. And so, you know, they've, they've got to feel like they at least know how to play against them and their style and, and shouldn't go into that game lacking too much confidence. And Michigan State, like you said, they're, they're up and down. They lost at home to Northwestern. Um, so the, there's none of those games that you look at. Really, the rest of Indiana's schedule until that road trip to Purdue, I don't look at any of the games and say, you know what, that's just not going to happen. But um, uh, on the other hand, there's none of them that I look at and think that's going to be an easy win. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely agree. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. And, Mike, you had a good piece, I thought, about Miller Cop and his return to Northwestern. I know we've touched on this some already, but you can read Mike's uh, work here at thedailyhoosier.com. This is a big game and one that Miller Cop has admitted he he's had circled on his calendar for some time. Yeah, it, it's so interesting for a lot of reasons. I mean, Northwestern's got a reputation for being complex, both offensively and defensively. So how much value does Cop bring to Indiana and the staff in terms of helping to pre- prepare and dissect for what they're going to do tonight i mean he's i mean he was the only pretty much the only guy missing from northwestern's team last year and you know indiana's very similar as well so he knows exactly what northwestern how they view indiana how they want to attack them so he's got to be an asset in in that regard and then to my earlier point you know i I think northwestern while they're not certainly not going to leave cop alone on the perimeter there i think if they're going to give something up it's going to be three-point shooting. I think he's going to probably have more space for, for open shots tonight than what he's seen throughout much of the season. So between him and Parker Stewart, I think there are going to be major factors in this game. All right, I was going to ask you, you think the biggest key or two for tonight, is it Cop and is it Stewart, or is there something else you'll be paying attention to if Indiana's going to go to Evanston and get a, a much-needed victory here on the road? Yeah, I mean, Certainly, you know, not just Cop and Stewart. You know, a lot of teams try to take them away and force Xavier Johnson to be the one that, that beats you from the perimeter. But I, I just think overall, Indiana is going to have to probably shoot a higher volume of three pointers than what they've shot in the past, and also make a reasonable percentage, at least you know, north of thirty percent, in order to you know make Northwestern pay for what I expect is going to be a heavy emphasis on on doubling and trapping the post. And then, you know, as I mentioned defensively, I think Indiana's just going to have to uh, find a way to, to be able to handle a lot of perimeter matchups, you know, pulling their bigs out to the perimeter, guarding the perimeter. You know, that includes Stewart and Cop. That's, you know, we've talked about that a bunch, but that's, a, you know, a potential liability for this team is those two guys' ability to, to guard the perimeter, you know, ha- you know, how do you balance maybe getting more open threes versus what you're giving up on the defensive end with those two guys? Um, th- those are some of the main things I'm looking at. All right, Mike, uh, let's do almost what's almost become a daily check of uh, IU in the NCAA tournament. Lots of bracketologies out there. Seems like there's more and more as we get closer and closer to the uh, end of February and the beginning of March. But where is Indiana at in your estimation right now? based on net ratings and based on other bracketologies out there as far as the uh, NCAA tournament field goes? Yeah, they, they seem to be maybe right at the maybe the last seven seed or, or one of the top eight seeds right now. I don't, I don't think that loss to Illinois, while it hurt Indiana fans, I don't think it hurt Indiana 
all that much. It would have been a great win for their NCAA resume, but but losing to a a team of that calendar caliber doesn't hurt you too much in in the net. But there are there are so many opportunities as we talked about, you know, in the coming days with quad one wins. If they can just get a couple more quad one wins and get to a 20 win season. Um, I, I think they're, they're pretty clearly in pretty clearly, you know, in that eight ish range, you know, they could probably work their way up to a six or seven with a really strong finish and probably drop to a, a nine or 10. If, if they, they slip and maybe only get to the, the 19 or 20 win range. And obviously the big 10 tournament's going to play a, a role as well, but you know, they, they seem to be solidly in. I think the, the kind of the continuing theme is, you know, does the defense take a slide here with, with Rob Fennessey out, which seems to be, you know, based on recent comments by Mike Woodson, a little bit longer term than his original day-to-day diagnosis. So, you know, they, they were obviously very good defensively against Maryland, kind of collapsed against Illinois you know was that an early sign of maybe a defensive slide because they're missing you know one of their top perimeter defenders um, I, I guess we'll see but that would be one thing I'd be concerned about in terms of their their ability to, to finish strong here all right Mike I want to go to the text line here for a moment uh, this has come up before but but I, I, I do want to get this uh, this question on the air to you texter writes Trace may not get drafted in the first or second round unless he demonstrates he can score from out on the floor. Do you think he might stay another year? This has become, as I'm out and about at ball games and other places, uh, a common theme. Do do you think Trace is uh, a possibility that he comes back for next year? And I don't think anyone's going to know for sure until this season comes to a, a close. I think obviously he will test the waters to get feedback and see where he stands, but it does seem, based on some of the really good NBA guys out there that make draft boards, the early boards out there available, do not have Trace anywhere close to the first and or second rounds. Yeah, and I would say, you know, I don't have any insights into to what he's thinking. Um, but but if I were to advise him, I'd say, look, you know, look at – Look at what you did last year. Look at what you did this year. You came back with the view towards making improvements to, to boost your draft stock. Well, while he is a great college basketball player, I'm not sure that he really has done a whole heck of a lot to boost that stock. So I'm not really sure what he gains by by another year in college. And unless you know he just really enjoys this experience, you know, the, I I don't know how much he's making from a name, image, and likeness standpoint. You know, because one of the reasons why you would forego a, a year of college is just to start your professional earnings. You know, he's 22 years old, so you you don't want to keep putting that off year after year. So, if it, it, in part, it's going to be a math exercise. I, if anybody's making really good money on this team from that perspective, it, it's him from a name, image, and likeness. So that that goes into it as well. But overall, big picture, I would say it's probably time for him to, to go on. And, you know, if that means G League, if that means playing overseas, I'm not sure. But um, he, he just kind of seems like, you know, he, that, that Illinois game was such a kind of a case in point where Kofi was giving him the 18-foot shot and he just wasn't taking it. And that was like one of the things that you came into this season thinking, you know what, if, he, if he's going to make a jump, that's where it's at. And so – not seeing that, it, it doesn't seem like he's boosted his draft stock a great deal. And as you said, people aren't projecting that he has. Although you never know, he's such a good athlete. He's got 
some really unique skills with his ability to, to be kind of a pogo stick off the floor. Sometimes that's all it takes for an NBA team to, to want to take a chance on somebody. So, so we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, with us on Tuesdays. Mike's got uh, some good stuff on Miller Coff and a preview of tonight's game up right now at thedailyhoosier.com and at daily underscore Hoosier on Twitter. Mike, thanks for the game day chat. We'll catch up with you soon. Thanks, Matt. Always enjoy it. All right, Mike Schumann with us here on this Tuesday program. As we had to break, one more text from the Thornton's text line. Texter says, my opinion, I think it's a must-win game tonight, and so is Wisconsin at home. I'm figuring Ohio State and Michigan State will be losses if they drop tonight and Wisconsin at home. That would be a five-game losing streak. Yeah, five-game losing streak would really change where I think uh, a lot of us have this team projected as far as the NCAA tournament at this point of the year. We'll head to a break. We're back to talk IU football, basketball, recruiting, and more with Mike Pegram of Pigs.com. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this in for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back. Final segment of this Tuesday program. Mike Pegram of Peaks.com with us for a quick chat today. And Mike, to continue over with what we were discussing in the last segment, the IU at Northwestern game tonight. Lots of storylines surrounding this road game in the Big Ten for IU. Your your thoughts on this matchup tonight and Miller Cops return to uh, Northwestern? Yeah, I wonder if it might be the kind of turning point for Miller to kind of you know, get the motivation to become a little bit more part of the offense. And, you know, last game he did, I don't think he took a shot and um, he's capable and we've seen it in the past. And we saw it at Northwestern, you know, leading score for that team a couple of years ago. So this is, this that'll be interesting to follow as far as tonight, but it's just a really important game because there's uh, only a really a uh, couple road games left for Indiana where, um, it's kind of a pick 'em situation. There'll be heavy underdogs at Purdue and at Ohio State, at Michigan State. So they, they need to pick off one. And we talked a few weeks ago about, you know, me saying that they needed three road wins possibly if they, if they didn't take care of their home court and, and, and lost to Illinois kind of makes that third one really important now. All right, uh, Mike, one other thing basketball-wise I wanted to mention before we get into Craig Johnson joining Tom Allen's staff C.J. Gunn had a huge game uh, last night, 27 points, 5 from 10 from three-point range uh, for Lawrence North. They were defeated uh, at Carmel, very strong Carmel team once again this year. But Gunn had some injury issues, was out for the first portion of the season, but seems to be putting up bigger numbers here in recent games and kind of taking over for his Lawrence North team. Yeah, he's kind of shaking the rust off from missing the first month in you know that's what Indiana needs from him is to be kind of that big, tall shooting guard. He's not he's not going to be a great driver to the basket, but he can um, knock down the jumper. And you know it's, it's a definite need for this team uh, moving forward and has been for a while. So it's very good to see him. I think he hit five threes last night against a very good defensive team in Carmel. 
you know, I suspect just from talking with IU fans and, and seeing folks at high school games that there isn't a big hope from fans that C.J. Gunn is going to be, uh, you know, somebody that is a huge contributor at IU. And it's hard to know as high school seniors who's going to do what. But I think Jalen hood Shafino has really dominated the discussion in that class, uh, the intrigue of him playing at Montverde and, and the season that he's had. But you bring up a great point, his ability, C.J.'s ability to, to hit shots and be a knockdown shooter continues to be an issue for IU currently. And if he could translate that to the next level, he might be far more important in this 2023 class than we're giving him credit for right now. Right. I mean, if he doesn't shoot the ball well, he won't play. I mean, that that's, that's what he can bring to the table. But he's got the size, though, to be a decent defender and enough athleticism to guard. But you got to do something at the other end. And I think the shooting is his ticket. He's got a really nice-looking stroke. Yeah, absolutely. Mike Pegram, Peaks.com, with us here on this Tuesday program. I want to flip to football and close out today. According to uh, Matt Weaver of your website, Peaks.com, Craig Johnson uh, is in the process of being hired as an associate head coach and the running backs coach for Tom Allen to replace <laughs> Dylan McCullough. Uh, just a senior analyst at Maryland a couple seasons ago in the Big Ten. But, man, this guy's got tons of NFL experience. If he can translate that to the college game and also assist with recruiting because of his experience. Uh, th- this is kind of an interesting hire to see how it goes. Yeah, to get a guy who's you know with the Giants for a long time and coached uh, uh, Barkley and some really good good running backs. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a good find for Indiana, and that resume, like you said, could really help him them land some some guys and maybe keep some guys in the fold. Yeah, MikePegramPeaks.com joining us for a game day chat, IU and Northwestern tonight. Mike, as always, thanks for stopping by on Tuesdays, and we'll do it again next week. All right, we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Take care. All right, Mike Pegram with us here as we wrap up this Tuesday program. IU, Northwestern, I I think it's going to be a good one. I think Indiana can win it on the road. I do expect a very close and competitive game, but I know Indiana's a one-point underdog. I would be very surprised if Indiana doesn't bounce back with a road victory tonight which will be especially big if they can do that with what is ahead over the next few weeks. But I do think it'll be a great game tonight, 9 o'clock, 8 p.m. pregame show. If you want to tune in, Don Fisher here on the Big X, 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming online, BigXSportsRadio.com. Lots of ways to uh, listen to the Hoosiers here on the Big X. Also, a couple programming notes as we head out today. Uh, busy week of high school hoops Wednesday night. We've got Silver Creek and Floyd Central. Uh, not sure how that game will go with Silver Creek, uh, but Floyd Central playing so well right now. and That's got a rivalry feel to it, so we'll be at that game. And then Friday, our plan is to be at Providence, New Albany at Providence. That is a rivalry game, and I think that could be a really competitive matchup on Friday night. We'll be at both of those games coming up here a little bit later in the week. That's going to wrap things up for this Tuesday show. Just a reminder, if you ever miss the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts. Wherever you listen to podcasts, all you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We'll be back tomorrow. Make sure you join us at 11 a.m. We'll recap everything from tonight's game at Northwestern and uh, see how the Hoosiers fare. Back with you tomorrow at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.